So I think there's lots of things that can be done in workshops where people learn so much. I mean, I talked about honeys and oxymels and oils and making them. But what we made together were the herbal vinegars. And if you're a nutritionist, you could easily make, you know, protein balls or whatever it is. The people, because they had an activity, they actually felt they connected with me more. They got to speak to me and ask me questions. And so I had a really good uptake on appointments after that session. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How are you this morning or this afternoon or this evening or whatever time zone or wherever you are? Now, I don't know about you. If you're somewhere warm, congratulations. But here in Adelaide, it's cold. And we we don't do cold, cold. We just certainly don't do snow or anything like that. But we get this southerly. <laughs> and the southerly is not a nice one. They get it in Melbourne as well. And it really is crispy cold. And so you want to wear, you know, the scarves and the hats and all the rest of it. So why am I talking about winter? Well, as natural therapists, it's a great time to start making workshops for people. One of my most successful ever workshops was a herbal medicine one. Now, nutritionist, you're going, well, this this web, this podcast isn't going to help me. I'll flick on to the next one. Well, it works for you as well because one of the best workshops I've been to was run by a nutritionist who did raw food. So it's a very similar, you know, when I say the word herb, replace food through this podcast. Because when we're coming into winter, we're thinking about our immune health. So a herbalist goes straight to their herbs to, and there's products as well, there's capsules if they don't want to use the liquids. But obviously with the liquids, we do have that unique ability to prescribe specifically for the individual in front of us. The nutritionist, you've got loads of nutritionals. So there's products that are made, but there's also the foods and the teas that, because they're foods, that you can add for your clients. So when we think of that immune workshop, what is it that we think of and how is it that we can get it out there to the world? Well, my most successful workshop was a herbal medicine history and myth workshop. Now, it wasn't the fullest workshop I've done, the the fullest, is that a word? Yes, of course it is. The best attended workshops were my arthritis workshops because they were very specific. And in those, I talked food and herbs and teas and vinegars. So they were the most well attended. But for follow-up and for people coming to see me afterwards, my most successful workshop was my herbal medicine workshop. And so I talked about, you know, how it came about, you know, first written about um, by Dioscorides 78 AD, wasn't it? With the with the Greeks and how we wrote how it was all written about in the Roman Empire. Then of course the Dark Ages held everything up quite a bit, didn't it? It just put a stall on everything. But Islamic medicine and North Africa, you know, and the Spain and Portugal and the founding of the medical schools such as Cordoba in Spain really really helped implement and understand and create. You know, they they're the ones who thought about putting alcohol with the herbs to gain. Um, all the 
extra therapeutics from the herbs and to really draw out what we need. And of course, in China and India, they had a huge state of knowledge to draw from and they, you know, the Ayurvedic tradition and the Chinese medicine tradition. So we've got hundreds and hundreds of years of knowledge um, to draw on. When we look back at history, we can see that so much happened. You know, Islamic medicine was at its height between 500 and 1500 AD. And Columbus brought home a lot of the things he'd discovered from the Islamic people when he was traveling. So you know, we have the Benedictine monks, or we, I say we, um, as I'm of British heritage. So there were the Benedictine monks and the Europeans. But of course, the Black Plague and syphilis held everything back. It was all a bit of a nightmare for everybody. And then we had Paracelsus, 1493 to 1541, and he was the father of chemistry. And so he really started to think about Galen's um, theories. So Galen had held everybody up. He'd created these theories that were just too difficult for anyone to deal with during the Black Plague years. And um, he started to poo them and get rid of them. And it was great. And then one person that many people know about is Nicholas Culpepper. And um, he championed the need of the ordinary people who couldn't afford a doctor. Doctors were very expensive during his lifetime. And there's lots of interesting, interesting parts of his life. And there is actually a lovely book by Benjamin Wally that's really worth reading. He wrote The English Physician, and he wrote it in English, not in Latin, which was very new for the day and very different for what had been going on, keeping everything in Latin and keeping the knowledge from the common people. So he really helped advance things Admittedly, everything he wrote about, you know, everything was good for everything. But of course, lots of things are good for lots of different things. So, you know, there's lots of jokes about Culpepper, but he actually worked tirelessly on the modern herbalist's behalf, I believe. And a lot of the things from the modern world, like aspirin, come from those herbs, as we all know. So there were lots of things in this herbal talk that I could talk about. And it gave me a lot of... um, And I had a lot of knowledge. We all do the course when we start and we all learn about herbal medicine. And and it really helped to impress upon my audience how important herbal medicine is. Then after we'd had a break, we made the useful things. Now, if you're a nutritionist, this is where you would have talked about perhaps if it was, you know, winter and the common cold, you'd talk about, you know, cold versus flu, perhaps the symptoms um, that cold and flu Perhaps you talk about bacteria and viruses and what the differences are. And then after the break, you could then talk about common and useful things um, in the garden, things that you can eat and drink and behaviours. You know, they're quite big as well. So obviously in my talk, I talked, you know, about chamomile and um, calendula and comfrey and ginger and cinnamon and some of the really common herbs that we see that are really easy for everybody to source. And then um, I gave tea recipes. But the other thing that I also made were vinegars, herbal vinegars. And so I think there's lots of things that can be done in workshops where people learn so much. I mean, I talked about honeys and oxymels and oils and making them. But what we made together were the herbal vinegars. And if you're a nutritionist, you could easily make, you know, protein balls or whatever it is. The people, because they had an activity, 
they actually felt they connected with me more. They got to speak to me and ask me questions. And so I had a really good uptake on appointments after that session. Now, if you can hear purring in the background, I had to pause a little while ago because the neighbor's dog got into our yard and scared my cat. So I now have him on my lap. So I hope if there's a funny noise in the background, you now know that it's my little cat. So when we talk about nourishing our clients and when we talk to them about it in the workshop environment, it's how we nourish. You know, there is the protein aspect, but there's also the whole foods aspect. And when in my programs um, for my clients, I always talk about movement in in a way that's different. So, you know, self-care. What is self-care? Oh, that's going to a spa. That's having a massage. Well, in actual fact, a lot of um, in my programs and in my talks, the self-care part is about grounding and how do we ground? Um, how do we share that knowledge with our clients? So, you know, how to innovate their vagus nerve, how to, you know, to really um, rejuvenate the body without taking all of the time, without having to, you know, force themselves into doing things that aren't necessarily what their body wants to do. During that self-care, of course, I talk about sleep and how, you know, how good sleep is for the body and for rejuvenation and how it's the brain's detox at night. Oh, I'm getting all the looks now from the cat. It's really important when we create these workshops that we think about where is this going? What is the flow of my workshop? But, you know, what will my client... I, I, I need to see this person afterwards as well. They will learn something now. But what is the ongoing learning for them? Are they unwell? Do they need to come and see me? How is it that I can impart learning as well as encourage them to come and see me and have their health you know, put first in their lives. So because they've come to a workshop, they're more often more likely to go into a group setting. They don't mind being in a group. And that's a great way, you know, you have a low paid um, workshop or course, and then you can pop them into a lower paid group to help them with their health ongoing you know with their lifestyle ongoing so that everybody learns all the things about the pantry and the and the fridge and all of the spaces around their home and their and the home themselves so that sort of program I've always found to be a really really helpful program and the few group programs I've done have come from the workshops where I've had because people are in a group Whereas the one-on-ones, you know, people come to me, they're paying a higher price to see me one-on-one. And so those people don't necessarily want to go into a group. So I can have a higher ticket offer for them. So it's really important when we think about these workshops. I always think seasonally about my workshop, which is why I'm talking to you about this one today. Because, of course, in this in that workshop, in the herbal one, of course, I talked about um, ginger and cayenne and all the warming herbs. Just as you talk, if you were a nutritionist, about all the warming things that you would give your client um, during winter, along with all the other aspects of their life. So next time you're thinking about a workshop, which I think should be really soon, really think about how can I promote it in the positive? You know, what is it they don't know? Where can I put it? Am I going to do it, you know, in person? Because we can get back to these in-person courses now um, and workshops and classes. It is easier to do it somewhere else because then QR codes and all the rest of it are their responsibility, not necessarily your responsibility. Um, So really think about, can I put one of these on? How would I promote it? What would be my choice for subject? 
because it might be immunity at the moment or it might be muscles and bones or herbs or whatever it is. So, you know, it might be myths and misconceptions about your stomach health, about foods that you eat. So have a good think and let me know. Let me know what workshops have worked for you and where you've done them or if you're about to do your first one. So I know I'm in Strictly Education and Support, the Facebook group. So pop in there and do say hi and tell me what you're up to. If you've enjoyed today, please make sure you go and give me a review, uh, preferably five stars if you wouldn't mind, because all of, you know that really helps with the iTunes and the algorithms and getting people on board. So I will leave you to the rest of your day, your afternoon or your evening, whatever it is you may be doing. And I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast or in one of my groups. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the Herbal Discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.